I'm Stephen Gregory Smith. And I'm Matt Connor. We are going back to the high for season five of The, the Connor and Smith Show. All right. All right. This is kind of off the point, but not. I will say that uh, when we are recording this, which is a Thursday um, in August, our dear friend Felicia Curry is making her debut as the witch in Into the Woods on Broadway. And even though she did not go to SU, she did perform at SSMT in Aida. Aida. So, uh, SSMT alum making her Broadway debut as one of the leads in one of the biggest musicals in New York right now. So we're very proud of her. Um, on a totally different note, uh, tonight we are talking to Matt Midget. Uh, Matt Midget! And we, we're, we're going to take a quick break and we will be right to back up. Hello, Matt. How are you? I am. I'm doing well. How are you doing, Steve? I'm good. Good. I'm sitting here with uh, my husband and co-host Matt Connor. Hey, 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 hey Matt Connor. And our producer Ryan Dean Halbrook. Mr. Midget. Hey, Mr. Halbrook. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, how are you doing? I'm. I'm doing great, man. It's great to hear from you. Yeah, it's good to hear from you too. Uh, um. Let me. Uh, can I can I start off by saying something real quick? Yeah. Where are you saying it from? Uh, from Orlando, Florida. Orlando. All right. Yes. Yes. Um, I just wanted to throw this out there because I had a uh, my uh, my Facebook account got hacked and taken down last year. So almost everybody who is listening to this podcast probably got a second and somewhat uh, scammy looking uh, friend request from me. Uh, that is legitimate. It's okay. <laughs> I did do that. Uh, that you know what's funny is until you reached out to Matt about it, my Matt, mm-hmm. um, I thought the same thing. I thought, oh, this is he's been hacked, so I didn't touch it for the longest time. Well, I, yeah, I still have not. well, no, yeah, because nowadays you just feel like Russia is trying to infiltrate everything. So you're like, uh, I don't think I is that real? Yeah, I mean, you have if, a white top on. Uh, yes, I, I think there's one. I should have a. Yeah, I think it's a picture of me like in a white, like sort of Miami Vice looking jacket. Okay, great. You, can we talk about um, the, so, the socials of, about this sort of situation right now? A true story that just happened? Sure. Okay, sure. This, morning, this morning I'm in camp. It's a professional camp for kids. And um, I'm, a, <laughs> I'm, I'm a professional teacher teaching them <laughs> musical theater, uh, which involves sitting in a chair. And anyway, so this morning I got this text over instant messenger hello i wrote back hi they said how are you doing i said good you now i'm suspicious i'm going to tell you who it was from in just a second then this person says i'm fine i need a favor (laughs) i thought don't we all how many how many have you had then they say, sorry to bother you, but do you order from Amazon? And I said, do I? Yes. Because then I thought, okay, where the F is this going? It says, I need you to get an Amazon card for a friend's daughter who's down with cancer of the liver. It's her birthday today, and I promise to get it to her today, but I can't do this because of all of my effort purchasing it online proved abortive. Can you get it from your Amazon account? 
And I said, oh, yes. And then it went on, what do you need? And then question mark, where are you? And that was from Donna Gallstrand. What? Meaning she's been hacked. Well, and then if you are part of the Shenandoah um, Music Theater, uh, whatever, um, message board on Facebook, there's Greg Goodbrode saying, if anyone got a message from Donna Gullstrand today, you're kidding. She's been hacked. Oh my God, well, Donna, if you're listening, I was hacked and I enjoyed it. Because actually, I haven't really had it <laughs> that much. A good hack. I haven't had a good hack from Donna in a while. <laughs> Anyways, Matt, that's, I'm not going to talk anymore. No, that's fine. No, it was like I, you know, you're, I you're just miles from Disney. Um, I I was actually. Um, I used to my last house that my wife and I bought. Uh, we were right off of. This doesn't really make too much of a difference for most people, but we were right off of Reams Road, which is the Magic Kingdom cast member main road in and out. So. In my last house, if I drove to the Magic Kingdom and parked my car, got on the monorail, and then went over to like the Space Mountain area, I was actually closer to my house than I was to my car. Oh my God, that's crazy! <laughs> yeah, we got uh, we had uh, fireworks every night. Um, it got so it was like we knew they were exactly twelve minutes long. They started at exactly nine o'clock, uh, and so like when we started. Like when the fireworks would go off, my cat knew like, oh, okay, cool. It's time to start getting ready for bed now. So uh, unlike most cats who would panic at you know, explosions. Right, right, right. Did you ever think about getting a job at, in, in Orlando at, at Disney? Um, I did not. Well, okay. Uh, I did briefly. Um, so I'm, I had been involved down here with the, with the improv scene. And a lot of the improvisers are also actors at Disney. Um, and when I came down here, um, I actually transferred from a job up in Virginia. Um, so I was actually making Northern Virginia money while living in Orlando, Florida, which was great. Nice. Uh, that, that was in 2005. And then in 2008, we bought the house and we, uh, we bought it in July and I went in, um, on, I think it was like August 15th and I went into work. It was a Wednesday. Uh -huh. And I was like, hey, um, I got to take care of some stuff at my new house. Can I can I leave a little early today? Um, and they said, you know what? Why don't you hold on a little bit? It's like, oh, well, OK. And um, about 30 minutes later, um, the district manager or the person like kind of ducks her head out of her office and she said, hey, Matt, I have a question. You can you come on in for a second? I was like, sure. And I walked in and there was the lady from HR and she's like, how are you doing? I'm like, I'm getting laid off, aren't I? She's like, well, we don't like to say it that way. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so, I, and so I sat down and I had like this, this meeting and then I had to go home and be like, just like less than one month after buying a house, tell my wife that I just got laid off, which was, woo. Uh, but that was 2008 when like everything was crashing. And um, I thought about going to work for Disney then um, but so did everybody else that was living in Orlando, um, who was getting laid off. So I've sent in a couple applications, but I never heard back from them. Well, I, I think I derailed our whole process with this Donna story and, and now I know <laughs> Florida. Let's, let's go back. And sure. Start. So where are you from Florida? And I'm sure, I'm sure the answer is going to be no, because I don't think anyone in Florida actually was born there. Uh, that is that is correct. I am not from Florida. I am originally from. I was born in Virginia Beach, um, 
Did you know that that was sort of like a, the, the Edgar Casey thing? No, I don't even I don't even know who Edgar Casey is. Okay, well then then the, never mind. Well, you have to say now. <laughs> Ed, Edgar Casey was sort of an American Nostradamus kind of dude. Okay. Lots of healing things, lots of uh, premonition things, and he thought Virginia Beach was like the Atlantis of the world, like in a perfect way. And okay. there's a museum, and there's evidently a, a Edgar Casey Museum in Virginia Beach. And every time I've brought it up to someone from Virginia Beach, they've never heard of it. Uh, well, the, your streak continues. So I'm well, his history, I guess, is really interesting. Uh, and uh, no, I, I read a book about Atlantis and about how like he foresaw, I don't remember where it was, like in some year, like the water was going to recede and Atlantis was going to be like there. At Virginia Beach? Yeah, no, I don't know. I don't know if it was in Virginia Beach, but it was Edgar Casey that said that. But okay. anyway, you are from Virginia Beach. Did yeah. you stay in Virginia Beach in high school, or? Uh, no, I was born in Virginia Beach, um, uh, and then in uh, 1983, I moved to Sterling, Virginia, which is in yes, Loudoun County. Sterling. Yep. Yeah. Um, and um, went to went to school there, and so that's where. That, that was my formative years. That was like eight until 18, like graduating high school. Uh, went to Parkview. Patriots. Yay. Yeah. We used to play Parkview. James Wood. Okay. Oh, yeah. I think we, it was, it was James Wood. Uh, Handley was, was one of them. Oh, we had a, we had a state champion football team like one year. I think the, the year before I started. Yeah. I guess you could say they were a Sterling football team. Ah. Uh. Uh. Go, whenever it was a Parkview game, we were always like pissed, like "Oh God, here they come!" Yeah, um, yeah, that sounds that sounds about right for them. Uh, I know, yeah, because I think you're a couple years, you were a couple years ahead of me, and I think the year before I started Parkview, they like dominated the the high school football thing. And I I know we I know they played Handley a lot and Loudon Valley and Loudon County and uh, Broad Run was our our rival. Um, which they always made fun of us for being city people, which seemed really weird in Sterling. We made fun of them for being uh, rednecks and which seemed really odd for a place that was just as built up as where we were. Right. Uh, did you play sports? Um, I did not. Um, I actually, um, I wanted to, but I spent the summers, I spent the summers with my grandparents back in Virginia beach. So I always missed the, uh, the cutoff time for, um, for like the youth football league. And mm -hmm. then, um, I also, I had the unfortunate, uh, thing with my last name is midget. I was the shortest person in my class until halfway through my junior year of high school. Um, so that, that made sports difficult. Um, I remember we did do a thing every, every year they would have a one day where they would do wrestling, um, like in the class, like the, uh, the teacher would go and he would put like paper over the glass. So you couldn't see in. And I'm saying, as I'm saying this now and reliving this, I'm pretty sure this was, he shouldn't have been doing this. Um, but he would put up the paper and then put out the wrestling ring. So nobody could see in and he would just, you know, put out like the circle out on the floor. And uh, I just remember one dude like took me down within half a second. I was like, yep, uh, I am not cut out for this. And now I'm getting really creeped out by this story. Mm hmm. Why was the paper up? <laughs> um, I, because I, well, I don't think they were, I don't think they were allowed to do it. I, I don't think they were allowed to like 
have us engage in like full contact amateur wrestling unless like unless they, you're on that team and you sign we that the, waiver team, yeah unless yeah unless we signed off on a waiver or anything and it was just it only happened that one time but i can still to this day i can see that guy's eyes like they're burned into me almost like taking contact improv with brad stoller yeah um but he smelled better <laughs> <laughs> that's saying a lot yeah um well, no, uh, no, Brad smelled worse. The guy that, oh, the yeah. guy that, the guy that tackled me, he, he smelled better. So were you going to football games or were you, were you um, in like, uh, the theater program there? Uh, well, I, I, um, so my soft, so my, my, my freshman year, I didn't do anything. Um, except I was in the uh, future business leaders of America. Oh yeah. Um, yep. Uh, and then my, uh, so my sophomore year, I was the vice president of the future business leaders of America. Um, and, then a friend of mine, uh, Steve, just called me up and said, hey, uh, have you ever thought about running Spotlight for drama? And I was like, no, I have not. And he's like, hey, are you doing anything for the next two weeks? And I said, no, I'm not. And he was like, well, come on down. I'll teach you how to run the Spotlight. So um, that was my introduction was my um, sophomore year of high school running Follow Spot for The Sound of Music. Ah. Uh-huh. Yep. And then it was immediately followed by Our Town, which is like, if you're going to do two like plays that every, like you can imagine every high school doing as Sound of Music and Our Town, like right in a row. So was the, was this your first foray into seeing like live theater, like from the spot? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yep. Well, and the spot is very important during the mm-hmm. escape in the Sound of Music. Yeah, yeah. They, they go all over. We, we had two spotlights and they were... And that, that, the, the, I can think of the nun escape scene and they're flying all over the place. Yeah, the spot has a, is, is, is its own character in The Sound of Music, unlike other shows where it's just illuminating what to look at. Huh. I should have done more work on that. I mean, I'm really <clears throat> sad that you didn't have maybe scoring done for your spot work or intentions. Yeah, well, if I was to go back and do it again, I would definitely have that. I would. I wonder if anybody that runs the spot for Sunset Boulevard is ever like fuck with Norma Desmond, and like just like put it on her chest. That was like the gayest question you've ever asked. <laughs> it would just be funny. That was the most thrilling part of the show for me when I ran the spot for Norma Desmond in Sunset Boulevard. Was it? Was the I, I have the only unique view of the show that no one ever saw. It was kind of cool. Anyway. Okay. So, all so, right, so, Maddie. so writing, so writing, uh, operating the spot got you into like wanting to be on that stage. Um, no, no, I, I, I got, I did the spot and then I did the, um, I think I did like one of the three acts of our town. I did a light board. And then the next play was some like some sort of murder mystery thing. And I ran spotlight and lightboard for it. And the next year came, came around and I realized I'd spent like uh, most of my sophomore year, like getting to know everybody. And I realized I didn't want to, I didn't want to wait until the last two weeks of the run to come in and do anything. And if I auditioned, then I would be part of the show the whole time. Um, and so that was, it wasn't that I necessarily saw it. And I was like, oh, I need to do this. It was just like, I wanted to hang out with friends. Right. Yep. So then I so started. Yeah. Um, 
It was, yeah, I, I think so. Maybe the first one, I, the timing is tricky. I know like I did, I started acting my uh, junior year, like when I actually started acting, like being up on stage and doing things. And at what point in, in the, so that's, that's, I mean, pretty late for um, a lot of folks, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, at what point then, because you're like, you know, two years from college, did you go, you know what, this is it. This is what I want to do. What, what was that like tripping point? Okay. So it did actually happen in high school. Um, so I had been a guitar player um, and I played very loudly and very poorly. And um, that was 1991, 92. And Nevermind had just come out and Kurt Cobain was incredible. And so that's what I wanted to do. So I actually, I had no intention of going into theater. Um, I was Francis gonna... Bean is going to be 30 in, on August 18th. That I know. is insane. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. I, no, it's, yeah, I know. And it was, um, yeah, I remember that I was, um, yeah, I actually remember seeing them play for the first time, like at midnight, at like the, the Smells Like Teen Spirit, like kicked out, like the, I think it was 120 minutes, or maybe it was the end of Headbangers Ball or something. And I was in there with a the guy, I was watching MTV with the guy that I was playing bass with. And I just saw that and I was like, oh my, this is, this is it. This is, this is the future. And he looked at me and was like, that song sucks, dude. <laughs> and the next day they, um, the next day they, they fired me from the band. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I actually, um, and I, I know this is sort of jumping ahead, but I wasn't going to be, I, I wasn't going to go into theater. I was, I was actually originally, I, was, I went to Radford University. Um, I went there for a semester. Um, Where's that? Rad- it's in Radford. Uh, so if you go to Virginia, you know where Virginia Tech is? Oh, oh okay. In Virginia. Yeah, in Virginia. Gotcha. Uh, so about 45 minutes farther southwest. Used to be Virginia a girl's Tech. school. It was. Um, and I was like, I'm going to be, I'm just going to go to a big college and I'm going to meet a bunch of people and I'm going to form a band and that's going to be it. Like I had no... I, I didn't even really know if I planned to graduate. Like I was just going to go. And then I got down there and I had to pick a major. And so I put, originally I put English on my, on like the little form and I got down there and I looked at the English classes and nothing seemed interesting. And I remembered that I had done like a thespian conference there. Right? And they had a really nice stage. And so I just randomly changed my major to theater. I mean, close enough, right? You know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, so I went down and I took, I showed up and I got acting one and uh, history of theater. I think uh, stage makeup because I just, I just needed to take the classes and that was what was available. Um, and then I had my first acting class with a guy named Jerry McGlown. Um, and after being in his class for a few minutes, I just stopped thinking about being in um the being in a band and i was like oh i want to be an actor um so that was actually a a class at shannon or a class at radford was why i changed and decided i wanted to do that and then um i got into my i got into the the first production i got a speaking role in the uh it was man who came to dinner and about halfway through the semester um 
the teacher pulled me aside and said that, and I'm not, I'm, I'm just, I don't want to, I want to, I want to specify here. I'm just saying this to relate the story. Uh, this isn't an ego thing. Uh, he said to me that you are the best student that I've ever had. And I wish everyone here could be like you. Oh, and at that moment, um, and as, as something that will become, um, that just has been sort of like an ongoing thing in my life, I decided I needed to leave <laughs> um, because I didn't, I didn't want to be a, I didn't want to be the best where I was. I wanted to go someplace where I would be challenged. Right. And so then I remembered that there was this school in Winchester that my mom had mentioned offhandedly because she had wanted to go there and it was Shenandoah University. Maybe I could give that a try. So, so wait a second. I don't, I don't know the history of Shenandoah. Do you guys know, like, when was Shenandoah founded? Oh, gosh. Well, I, I don't know. I know. Matt, do you? Um, I don't know. It's, it's been around for a while, because I know it, it actually originally, it was started in Dayton, Virginia, which is down by Harrisonburg, or Harrisburg, Harrisonburg, like down by James Madison. Yeah. And they moved it. After a while, they moved it up to Winchester, but I'm not sure of the exact date. Um, but it at least was the 60s because my mom would have been looking at colleges when she was in 1875. Wow. Yeah, she was not seminary. born yet. Yeah. No, <laughs> it was a seminary, then it became a college in 25 to 91. And then the conservatory part was a separate institution between 37 and 74. Man, huh. you were right on. That, that's that's the producer established 147 years ago wow cool that i did not know that i did not realize it would it had been a seminary well it makes sense when you think about it yeah now. methodist yeah, i get you i saw florence nightingale one night in the studio theater she'd come in oh the ghost of yeah Really? Is this for real? She was dressed. No, no, it's not oh, for no, real. No, it's not true. Uh, so I was like, Matthew, you've never told me that. So I guess your mom <laughs> grew up in the area. Um, uh, she grew up in in uh, Norfolk or Norfolk. If if you're okay. from there, it's if you're from there, it's Norfolk. If you're not, it's Norfolk. 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 Yeah. Norfolk. Um, and she um, was she was right next to Old Dominion, uh, Old Dominion University. Like my grandparents lived literally a block over from it, um, and. Uh, but when she wanted to go to school, it was very much the, you're going to school to meet a man. So we're not sending you off somewhere. If you're going to go to school, you're going to go to school right here. Right. Um, and so she, so that, I guess that school had just kind of stayed in the back of her mind and she mentioned it to me. And then I went and I auditioned and I, I got in. And uh, it was a BA? Yes. Um, I didn't do music. Um, I did. I didn't do music theater because I didn't think I had a strong enough voice. Gotcha. Did so, you take music classes with guitar or anything? Um, I didn't. I was entirely self-taught. Um, nice. Yeah, but I spent. But once I got there, so and this is that weird thing as things keep coming back and sort of flowing in and out. When I got to Shenandoah, I started a band with um, Scott Rash, if you remember him. And uh, Travis Rickroad, who was a, they were, I think they were both commercial music. Um, Travis was a, I think drum, I, Travis played drums with us. So I'm assuming he took, drum, I'm assuming drum was his major instrument. Um, and Scott played bass. So I know we would, we would actually sort of have to jockey for position with the uh, Unity Project 
to mm. get into the jazz suite to rehearse. Right. And what was your band called? Uh, Carousel. Okay. I don't think I ever got to see you guys play. Um, well, I think we played like three, t I, th I think we played like three times. We played once in the student center and then once in like the other part of the student center, you know, there was like the little, the snack bar area. And then there was that kind of big room. Yeah. The ballroom. The ballroom. Okay. The yeah. Improv was right. No, that was in the snack. Chat. Yeah. 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 And then um, the, the other one. The first time I worked at a dinner theater. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, the other one, we did something um, out on the lawn. Like, I don't think it was, it wasn't Apple Blossom, but it was something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and did you live on campus in the beginning? Um, I did. I lived in Racy. Um, I actually lived with a, an RA in Racy. Oh, that's which, yeah. Which, that made it real hard to drink. And he was, but he was from, he was a, a foreign student. So he was over from, I think, Spain. And his, his dad came over to his and kept bringing him all this alcohol and he kept trying to hide it from me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I lived, I lived there for the first semester and then I moved across to Parker with Jeremy Kraft. Oh, okay. Yeah. Jeremy Kraft? Uh-huh. Oh my god! I did the reverse. I think I was in Parker and moved to Racy. Oh god, Ooh, big god. downgrade. Yeah. It was yeah. because of the, the roommate situation and I wound up, maybe it wasn't until my sophomore year, I don't remember, but I definitely moved in with Scott at some point okay yeah After i mean parker okay yeah i mean parker was parker was nicer for me and yeah i was basically living with it was basically with jeremy and uh sharon i think right it's so much bigger too parker was yeah the room is so much bigger yeah you could rearrange the, the the furniture and racy was all like built in so yeah, you couldn't right. move anything right. you couldn't lock the bed so um, God, and, man, I haven't thought about that in a while. Yeah. Um, How everything and, were, the beds were like in the same place, and then you had the desks, and then the shelves, and yeah. And yeah. there was the one, the one room that I think, I think Annie and Shelly had, which is where the one that had a fire in it at some point, and that <laughs> room had movable furniture. Oh, really? Uh, yes, there was one room with movable furniture from a fire. Gotcha. And the fire was from an electric blanket. Was it? Maybe. That was the story that we were told. No electric blankets allowed. No incense. They got high off the incense and turned on their electric blanket, and then the yeah. entire place burned down. And no candles either. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah, I lived in Racy for like a baby minute, I feel like. Um, and then I moved to Parker for half a semester. And then I was off campus most of the rest of the time. Yeah, Midget, did you uh, move off campus? Immediately, as soon as I could. Um, <laughs> um, I, I needed my own bedroom. Um, Where so, were you? Um, the first, so the first year, I was actually at a place on Woodstock, which I was living with a guy named uh, Mike, who was a, another music major. Like He went home every weekend, so I basically had the place for myself. Um, but that was the year before shenandoah bought that complex so that uh, complex on woodstock with all the apart all those apartments melrose melrose yeah i think that's yeah, that sounds right uh melrose i lived there before shenandoah bought it well we all called it melrose because melrose place was a thing at the time oh okay 
Remember right. that? Yeah. 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 Um, so I lived there for, I lived there for the, for a year. Uh, and then, so that was my sophomore year. And then I moved into that place was, uh, it was too expensive for me. So, <laughs> uh, moved after that, I moved to Orchard Crest, which was, uh, I found out after we moved in, it had been like, um, the Winchester version of the projects. <laughs> um, and it had gone from, I guess, yeah, they had like new ownership. So they still had it at project prices, but it was, but you didn't have to have an income thing to get in. So, uh, that was me, Sean, Ramey, Dan O'Brien and, uh, Scott. So we okay. lived there for, I was, think I remember going to that apartment. Yeah. I think I have a picture. I I'll put it on the, I'll put it on the discord thing if I can figure out how to upload it, but I have, I have a picture of me and Sean doing shots in that apartment. I believe, yeah, I believe I went there a few times. I, you know, these are, these are the brain cells that I kick out because I have no room for crap I don't need. But I, where exactly yeah, where was, was the Orchard Crest Apartments? Okay, so if you're, if you're at Shenandoah, you go over that little, go over the bridge where the, I guess it was the Kmart and where they built the, the Taco Bell was and where they eventually yeah. built that Ruby Tuesdays. Yeah. And there was like a little bridge. I think you went over that bridge and then immediately made it a left and just kept on going down. Yeah. Um, I think it was the, I, I can't remember what the, what the road was. It was originally known as Win, Winchester Gardens. And I think it still is Orchard Crest. Like, I think that's still the name of it. Um, because I've been checking out various like things in Winchester lately. Yeah, um, I drove back there. I don't know if you listened to that <clears throat> thing, thing, me going back, but like, it's just so weird. Like you just kind of like sense memory mm -hmm. kind of like start driving. Like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. I remember. Oh yeah. Uh, this is where this is. It's really crazy. Maybe, maybe Wilson Boulevard. It might possibly Wilson. I know it wasn't Cincinnati road. Cause that goes in the other direction. Um, but it was going, it was, you were heading South. Like you were heading towards 11, like Valley Avenue, Avenue. Valley Avenue, maybe. Um, it was like down in that direction. It was in the southern kind of the southern side of town. And like I do believe we actually you did actually go over railroad tracks. So like we mm -hmm. went onto the other side of the tracks. Yep. Um, that that's all coming back. Um yeah. I think uh, I believe I visited over at that apartment a couple times. Um just well, hanging think, out with like Dano or you or whatever. Yeah, and I, well, and I think because we were on like whatever floor we were on. Um, as people started leaving, I, I'm, I think, uh, Randy McFadden and Daryl, I think yeah. moved into an apartment either across the hall or sharing the common wall with us. Yeah. And that's, that's also why I was over there because I would hang out <laughs> with either one of them. Yeah. Yeah. It's all, it's so funny. It, it reminds me of the freaking like chapter two of the it movie of like how you can't remember until you really start to think of all this stuff and then i'm like the second you said over that bridge and i remember there was like a tanning place on the left and like mm -hmm. and then you take that left and yeah all of yeah. it kind of just floods back yeah i'm so glad you said that because i as i was listening to because i um once once uh i got matt accepted my friend request and then the stuff for the podcast started showing up in my feed the the when those first few episodes i look like it always reminds me of the scene from the second part of from this chapter two of it where they're at the Chinese restaurant and they're just all sitting and talking and everybody's having a great time. And 
it always and I just I keep waiting for the fortune cookies to come out. Uh, and and that would be China Jade in Winchester. <laughs> yes, uh, where I, where I where I once ate and got incredibly sick. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't think I ever ate there. Oh, you, didn't we go a couple times, Matt? I w- I went there a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I, there right now. You're there right now emotionally. Yeah. At the China Jade. I, yeah. I was more of a Pargos guy. Oh, the Pargs. Yeah, I think I took. I probably took like every first date I had to Pargo. Um, you go to Parks and get the Margs. Yep. What's the Margs? The margaritas. margaritas. Oh, oh, margaritas. The Margs yeah. at the Parks. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> um, Are you from North Dakota? I'm not. Um, I just, just when I say the Margs from the Parks. Oh, do you know? they have the, the giant thing with like a gummy fish in it or something? There was a giant drink or was that it? No, no. I, forgive me. That was a TGI Fridays. I'll excuse my way out of the room. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and it was also close to the sheets, so I could go over and get the jacks for 79 cents or 99 cents or whatever they were at the time. Jacks. I can but still I think that sheets was like, you know, like a a side hustle gourmet sort of secret. Like, wow, I'm gonna go to sheets. I'm gonna get myself a sandwich with all kinds of vegetables. It's gonna come out and be good. And then fast forward to like now. Now you stopping at sheets and you think, oh my God, I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna have a blast from the past. And you bite into that sandwich, you like, nope. And you get a blast from your ass, that's is what it. you get. But don't you think that's because <laughs> there was a higher quality of food back then? No, 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 no. I think it's because when we were eating at the freaking snack shack and mm-hmm. getting like I would always say it's that half hour after you eat at the student center where you're like, do I go to the nurse or is it just because I ate at the student center? <laughs> um, when that's your quality of food, that's the baseline, that in the cafeteria. I used to yeah. love their chicken sandwiches. But mm-hmm. still, I think that Sheets looked like an oasis of like, oh, my God. Oh, oh yeah. Compared you to the you know cheese sticks at the student center. Yeah, or anything you want, like – I remember, I do remember the the cafeteria. I don't know how many other people will remember this. Number one, I remember that's where I learned to eat Brussels sprouts because oh. after like four months of eating there every day, it was the only thing that had flavor. <laughs> um, but I also remember the uh, cereal milk discussions in which people would just go and fill up bowls of cereal and then add milk. And they would just each, every time they would just like, okay, well, half, of, I'm going to do half Raisin Bran, half Fruit Loops. What does the milk taste like? Mm, that's no good. All right, I'm going to do oh 25% Fruit Loops, 10% Rice Krispies, 30% Apple Jacks, and fill the rest with um, Cheerios. What does that taste like? like I remember that being a thing. <laughs> Wait a minute. I have an idea. What if we patented and, and made cereal milk a thing where you can just buy the milk in a grocery store flavored like the cereal? Yeah, that's exactly the conversations that we had every day. <laughs> Applejack milk. I remember getting into a a really big argument, not about cereal, but about pets. And that I said that pets don't go to heaven. And man, people did not like that. They did not like that at all. We it was like a a knockout yelling fight in the cafeteria. It was so strange. (laughs) It was so strange. Cats not going to heaven? About pets not going to heaven. Oh my god. Well, it does it kind of taps into probably at least three different departments <laughs> it does because right? in order to have the discussion you have to believe that the statement is true that there is a heaven mm-hmm. 
That there are pets. And that, the, and that right. And then if you then or don't leave, it, it just taps into a lot of different areas of uh, humanity. You upset a lot of young Methodists, Ryan. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Oh man, that was the only time we got. A, I I felt like I was around other people that weren't in the conservatory. Was in the cast. Was, was in the, the cafeteria. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, yeah. I was because the I was thinking about that. It was the only the only time I wasn't around people who were in the theater department was like in when I was playing in the band or when I was at uh, when I was eating. Um, yeah. Or in the showers, and that's super awkward. <laughs> um. <laughs> Just saying. I was, yeah. never, that was that was the other that was another reason to leave to leave Racy and go over to Parker, so I didn't have to share a shower with thirty other people. Oh, I, I got. Don't think I, I ever took a shower. <laughs> you probably didn't. I That's, never got out. I, I got a freaking fungus from the showers. Oh wow! Yeah, oh, I will man. say that that this just brings up uh, the only time we ever did see anybody that was you know non theater majors, as you said, either the CAF or the student center. And I remember there was uh, God was he lacrosse or soccer? Probably soccer player named Adamo. Oh yeah, do that, you remember? Okay, oh, go ahead. No, that that Marcus. Every gay boy had a crush on, and I remember eating in the student center with Marcus Davis, and Adamo was there, and we were about to leave, and Marcus went, "Hey, Adamo," and Adamo looked at him, and Marcus went to say something and couldn't, and just said. Great game. And then we walked out. <laughs> Great game. And yeah. and then walked out and promptly like laughed until we cried. Um, <laughs> and then I, I kept saying that we for years after be like, Adamo, I, I love Great game. <laughs> well, I do, I do remember we had a lacrosse player who only had one arm. Yeah. Yeah. Seemed like a cool guy. I, like I didn't really, like I didn't have many interactions with him. I was like, oh, that's that's interesting. Like oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's uh, like uh, the drummer for uh, Def Leppard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so now that we've talked about the intricacies <laughs> of the uh, dwelling, the eating situation, um, God, and that that cafe, the the computer <laughs> lab was right over by the calf, wasn't it? Um, the Computer, computer lab was, lab it was in the was, building. It was in the building next to it. That's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I had yeah, I had one semester of work study there, which was the. I, I had no idea. It, I had no idea what to do with computers. I just thought my job was to sit there, and then people would come up like, "Hey, um, this isn't working." I was like, "Oh man, that sucks." <laughs> I'll let somebody I, know. <laughs> that's like the IT department now. Still, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> nothing has changed. Yeah. I just remember getting the fucking hamster dance like emailed to me. Um, you remember the hamster dance? No. You don't. Okay. <laughs> Look it up right now and play the sound. You just go to YouTube, hamster dance, Ryan's on it. Is this the Richard Gere thing? No, 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 oh no, 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 no. That was a gerbil. Um, <laughs> allegedly. Uh the hamster dance with just like this little singing thing. Hold it up to the phone so Matt Midget yeah. can hear too. The hamster and dance is your chance to do the ham. Is that it? No. I mean, no. there's a commercial. Oh, they're there's... trying to sell Ryan something. TikTok. <laughs> they're trying to sell you TikTok? Yep. Is this TikTok, it? you don't stop. It's a song. Oh, okay. This is really important and culturally. 
I can see it. In my brain, I can see it. Okay, so that's the remix. I just want to point out that's the remix, not the original. Why would you be sent that? It was just something people sent to each other, and it, it was like a Rick roll. Yeah, well, and they sent like the the little the yeah the dancing naked baby that was like the ooga chaka ooga chaka ooga yeah, yeah the, it was all early internet. Like, yeah, it was like, isn't this kind of cool? And it was like one of the funniest things you'd seen at the time because you hadn't really seen much because it was the nineties. Um, but it just yeah, the the computer lab right there, kind of next to the calf. Yeah, I spent way too much time there, and yet not, like, because the internet wasn't ruling our lives, and like, way too much time back then was like a half an hour. Yeah, you know. Um, so while you were at SU, Matt, what were like some highlight, like, memory things that you you uh, take away, either you know, theatrically or otherwise, from your oh. Matt has the I'm sorry, Matt has the hiccups. Ooh, okay. Are, are you together? Are you okay? I'm allergic to hamsters. You're allergic to hamsters. Okay. Yeah, Claritin or yeah, he's just gonna hold his breath till he turns blue. Um, but do you have anything that kind of like pops out at like your takeaways when you kind of go into your grab bag of memories? What are the like things that pop out? Um, I well, first of all, the um, uh, anything with Sean Ramey was just the highlight of of being there. Um, he we were we were friends, and every time we got to work together, I loved it. Um, there was, um, okay. So what are some of the other ones? I do remember I did a, uh, one of the things I was most proud of, I did a, um, directing project with, uh, uh, Leslie Immel. She's Leslie Jacobs. Now we did yes. a fool for love and the feed, the feedback that I heard, like, apparently, I guess people ripped into it cause they didn't like it very much. And then Hal just said that it was the best he had seen and like the hundred or so times that he had seen that scene. And that got back to me and I was like, damn, damn, that's nice. good. That's nice. Um, and then, um, uh, my, I, but my favorite thing at Shenandoah, uh, I guess would probably have been either the fool for love or it would have been, um, Jen Hines directing project when she did actor's nightmare, which was, I got to work with Matt, uh, which was, uh, just awesome. I loved that. Um, that was one of the the plays that I had read, um, and I had loved it the entire time. And I got cast in it, and I got like the 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 part in that. And I just got to do be the George in the actor's nightmare. And um, the last rehearsal, um, it was she had it was who else was in the cast? It was Nancy Friedrich and Annie and Matt Connor, and she had everybody come out, and instead of doing the lines from the play she had everybody do lines from different plays so so if you're are you familiar with actor's nightmare at all i am yeah okay so well for anybody who may be listening um who is not familiar with it it's a this accountant uh, this accountant is having a nightmare where he's thrown on stage and he has to perform and so for the you know there's a little bit of hamlet there's a little bit of um man for all seasons uh there's a little bit of some a couple other plays and you know, it's just we were getting right as we were doing the, that final dress rehearsal she just had nancy did something from i think she who was it maybe Macbeth. um matt did something else uh, and it's something that, so every person was doing something that i was entirely not prepared for which was 
uh, probably the most, one of the most disturbing, but artistically fulfilling um, events that I remember. I saw that. I remember seeing it. I remember it being hysterical. Um, Matthew, did you, did you totally forget about that until right now? Yeah, I, I, I had totally forgotten about it until Matt just brought it up. Um, I think Steve's. I think Steve Jones has some pictures of it. Yep. Yep. Um, and oh, but the, my other favorite thing, the the favorite, one of the other best parts of that, the very last moment, um, when everybody, because George gets killed at the end, he gets beheaded, and when the lights come up and everybody does their curtain call, I just stayed there dead. I never got a bow. I never got an acknowledgement. There was no like. Like, oh, let's, you know, great job, Matt. Great job. I just laid there dead. And then the lights went out and we all left. And it was just, it was just one of the coolest moments that I remembered. Yeah, I, I remember that now. Um, it's so funny that the things that you kind of like, it, you just have to talk about it for a few seconds. And then I remember even what side of the theater I was sitting on uh, when I saw it. So that's interesting. Um, yeah. So what was your kind of deal post, immediate post SU? Yeah, like what took you from SU to get to Florida? It was that killing scene. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, so I, um, um, so I actually, I graduated actually in December of 97. So like I left, um, I, I finished school in December. So I missed out on the spring show, um, which was really weird because I just sort of disappeared into Winchester for a little bit. Um, and then I'm, I moved back home. I actually, I opened the Ruby Tuesdays uh, that was in Winchester, which has now been demolished. Um, yeah. I went back home and I worked as a, I waited tables for a little bit while I was saving money. And then I was like, all right, cool. Well, I'm just going to, I'm going to jump on the train and I'm going to go to Chicago and I'm going to be an actor. Um, because uh, you know, one of those things that, it has come up uh, numerous times just in conversations with uh, SU people and also um, on the, on the podcast is that we just didn't get any training about what we we're supposed to do afterwards. Right. So I, I literally jumped on a train in a blizzard and went from Washington DC to Chicago. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll just wander around and I'll find where the actors are. And then I'll just be an actor here. And so I think I hung out there for about a week, a week and a half before I realized I didn't know anybody. I didn't have any money and I didn't know where to stay. Um, and then I, you know, scraped up enough cash to, to head back to DC, um, moved back in with my mom for, you know, uh, maybe like a month or two, then found a, then was like, I know what I need to do. I need to get a job and start auditioning where I know something. And then I started auditioning around DC. Um, and I, um, got, uh, I started doing, I got into an improv group that was all musical improv, which really floored me. Cause I didn't even up until that point, I didn't think I could sing. And, um, then I started doing shows. I did some, I think I, I understudied a couple of times. Um, and then, you know, went to the league auditions every year. Um, did they still do those in DC? I, I, I don't know after COVID. I don't, I, I really couldn't tell you. I remember you in Hedwig, though. Yes. Well, yeah. about to get there, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, and then I, I got picked up a, a year of doing, I started doing Shakespeare, which is what um, 
I didn't realize how much I loved it until I didn't do it for a while and then did it again. I was like, oh, this is great. And um, I did some Shakespeare stuff. And then from that, I got hooked up with Keegan Theater and I did uh, Man of La Mancha there. Um, and that is where I met uh, this uh, woman, Christina Dale, who worked in the signature box office. Mm-hmm. And they were doing Hedwig and the. She called me up and she said they we're doing Hedwig and the Angry Inch, and I had no idea what it was. Um, they're like, they need somebody who looks like a looks like he would be in a band. Okay, so I showed up and I sight read some music, which um, thankfully they had um, like the music actually had the chord names written at the top because I can't read music. It was just <laughs> like okay, F C G F C G. Okay, great. Um, and so, like, I did that, and that took us to Hedwig. Yeah, and so you and I got reunited uh, doing that show twice. Yeah, um, um, which is one of the greatest, that was one of the greatest thrills uh, and, and most fulfilling artistic uh, accomplishments, uh, experiences I've ever had. It was, it was awesome to look across the stage and see you. I was, and just know, like, we had started we had done stuff before we had gone a little bit a little bit of time had passed and then like being on stage together was awesome and we looked like freaks Mm -hmm. um and what i loved and this is what i frequently my takeaway from i think when we talked with rick uh hammerly on the show um was that you know the subscriber base for signature at that time (laughs) was not exactly the audience for hedwig oh god but but to see those old ladies who would start the show off with their arms folded across their chest, scowling, that by the end of the night were lifting up their hands when Hedwig would sing Lift Up Your Hands, mm-hmm. was much like the show, the character goes on this incredible journey and you start the show laughing and then you're crying by the end and then you're just moved. And the audience went right along with it. I mean, it was a very big hit show. Rick won a Helen Hayes Award. We remounted the show at the Warehouse Theater. Um, it was a it was a big big deal at the time. Mm-hmm. It was a regional premiere, um, even though Rick had done it already in like Wichita, I believe. Yeah, some somewhere out in the the Kansas somewhere. Yeah, yeah. So it was like a, a East Coast regional premiere, but they called it like a regional premiere, and I was like, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, spin, spin, spin. Um, um, and that. But- that show ended up being that show ended up being important uh, to like really to the entire trajectory of my life. How so? Um, so I was doing that show and the, we were we were the run was coming to an end and I didn't know what to do. Um, but the thing that it had done with me is it had reignited the fact that I love being in bands and I love playing music. So I picked up the um, the like the Washington D.C. like weekly paper, whatever the free weekly paper was, and Steve McWilliams, who was the the lead guitar player was sitting kind of next to me and I flipped over and I thought, Hey, there's an ad in here for a beach boys tribute band. Ah, yes. They need a, they need a falsetto guy. And Steve just looked at me and he was like, yeah, I've, they've had that. They've had that ad for a couple of years now. And you should do it. And then I did, I went out and I auditioned for it. Still not really thinking that I could sing, but I knew I could hit the notes. Um, and I got that gig. And then it was through that, through being in that group, um, that I met my wife. That's so right. That was that was how that entire thing worked. Um, and so, because of Hedwig, I met my wife. 
which is great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how long were you with the Beach Boys thing? Uh, it was a year. Um, but we we played all over like Ocean City. We drew uh, Ocean City all over Virginia, up all through Maryland. They we got flown out for like a show in Utah. Um, drove up into New York a couple of times. We did just played all over. The first gig I played for them was uh, like a July Fourth festival. So the first set I played for like twelve thousand people. Wow. The second set. I played for 100 people and 11,900 asses walking away, uh. <laughs> which like, that's a, like you, you play for 11,000 people like, yeah, or 12,000 people are like, yeah, this is, this is huge. Like you just like, no, oh, this is the greatest feeling in the world. And then just playing for all of them walking away is a, a humbling reminder of like, oh yeah, it's, it's, it's not about you. It's about the stuff. Um, wow. Did you do little deuce coop? We did. Um, we did Little Deuce Coop. Um, I was, yeah, I, so I was the falsetto guy. So I did um, um, Surfer Girl, Don't Worry Baby, um, Help Me Rhonda, Good Vibrations. Um, if it was like, it was sort of like the, the kind of romantic-y, ballady, leady things, like the high falsetto ones, I did those. Um, yeah, it, it was cool. And, and what happened after that? Um, with the band after that or with me after that? With you, you, you met your wife. Did you guys? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I met my wife. Um, I, I left the band over uh, a very Beach Boy-like creative differences. And, <laughs> it was all uh, about pet sounds. It was, actually. Uh, we, they were like, oh, cool. I'm, we should do more stuff. And I was like, great. We should do stuff from Pet Sounds or later. And they were like, no, I want to do Pom Pom Playgirl. And I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not doing Pom Pom Playgirl. But I remember that, and that's why I said that. Yep. I remember that being a thing we talked about. Yeah. So, yeah, that, so that, that imploded on itself. And then um, I think I did – I'm not sure how many – at that point, I, I'm not sure how many more – like, I, I guess, I don't know if I got a reputation or what, but like, I ended up getting calls for like, hey, can you play guitar for this thing? And I did um, Rocky, a Rocky Horror. It wasn't actually a play. It was like the concert version of Rocky Horror mm -hmm. at, uh, at uh, Nation. Yep. Um, with, uh, with ATW, with, with Rick, who had played, who had played Hedwig yep. um, as, as Frank. Um. And this time I like actually got moved up to like, oh, I'm like actually the lead guitar player. So I got to learn how to solo now. <laughs> um, so did that and was like sort of like the band leader kind of thing there. And then um, I realized like I, I got kind of was getting tired of apartment living. I wanted to buy a place. And we looked around and we, my wife and I, uh, Marianne, we sort of said to ourselves like we, like everybody ends up moving to florida when they retire maybe we should just go to florida now and then when we retire we'll just already be here right <laughs> um and so we did i just i put in a transfer thing at work i was working um working for a big bank at the time and then managed to get a transfer down here um and that was 2005 um november november 5th 2005 and i like i literally i left my I left my office on Friday at 4:30 because they left me out early, and I drove overnight 
Saturday and then got in here and then moved into a place and started working in the new office on Monday. Wow. Yeah. Just a, a overnight sea change, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and we went through what happened in 2008. What, what have you been doing during the pandemic and like what's on the horizon? Uh, well, okay. So during the pandemic, um, oh, and so, so just real quick between 2008 and the, the pandemic, I was doing improv, uh, tons of it. Um, and then the pandemic hit and, um, improv wasn't happening. So I, Looked, I talked to a few friends and I ended up putting together a Shakespeare reading group. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we had, uh, we did the originally, um, it was for selfish reasons because I wanted to read all of the romance plays, uh, that Winter's Tale, Cymbeline, Pericles, Tempest, like those kind of the later ones, the more confusing ones. And I was like, I mean, they're only, this, this is only going to last like a month or two. We'll just all get to re- together to read Shakespeare and I'll just, you know, I'll just pick those plays. And um, I ended up with a couple of friends. I actually had uh, Sean Ramey joined in, uh, Kip Mormon joined in. Um, and what was supposed to be just a couple of the romance plays, we went all the way through the canon um, and then did a whole bunch, a co- bunch of other shows, like because we got to like the Christmas time. So we did some Christmas themed stuff. And then we went through a bunch of other shows, like we repeated them. A couple times before it finally sort of ran out of steam probably in july august july of 2021 but yeah that was one of my one of the things that i i did is we read the entire canon wow um, that's amazing so cool yeah uh there's a, a website called player part where you would just go to a play like put in all right put in as you like it and we've got 10 people reading and you'll you put it as you like it 10 people, it'll, it divides all the parts up into 10 people that are roughly uh, an equal amount of lines. And so we just did that. We just would read that each week. Wow. Mm -hmm. Me and Ryan and Steve, we were going to, we were going to do that with the Bible. (laughs) uh... (laughs) No, No convenient website to break it up. Well, we went back to that heaven cat like fight and it just kind of it changed the whole trajectory of art (laughs) i mean i I gotta say i mean i you know to weigh in on it dogs definitely go to heaven yeah uh i I mean i think all cats don't they all all dogs do all dogs do i i I think cats can't be bothered with it right and they do have nine lives so yeah Yeah, they got time yeah right right (laughs) um i think that you should start you should blend uh, some if of this is the, if that's the case, there are so many fucking hamsters in goddamn heaven. All I'm saying, they die like oh God. after a week and then they're in heaven and they're running all around. So there's rodents. There's all that shit up there, guys. Just saying. Just do, saying. do you know how many carnival goldfish are clogging <laughs> up the bureaucracy for heaven's admittance process? Absolutely. Hey, you guys, I accidentally killed my hamster in the seventh grade. <laughs> it's waiting for you. <sighs> well, it bit me. And then I, and this is a different kind of hamster dance. It Mm-mm. hurt so bad that I shook my finger and then it let go and it flew across the room into the stone hearth of the fireplace oh, and slowly slid down the wall. Oh my oh. God. That happened to me at JR's one night. No, it did not. <laughs> was, or was that the eagle? Yeah. yeah more, more likely. <laughs> well, 
I mean, I was about to give you a new business idea before these shysters uh, clucked in here. I was going to say marry two of your loves and your passions together mm-hmm. and start a Shakespearean improv group. Uh, they, they exist. They exist, the Improv Shakespeare Company. Improvise Shakespeare. Uh, oh, God damn it. They well, are ex- I, I did a, I did a, uh, I went up to uh, Chicago to do a, um, back when IO ex- existed back in 2012. And I, um, I got to see them a couple of times and they are amazing. Um, but there, there, there are other companies across the country that do it as well. Here what, I what, am thinking I have some great idea. What about, what about improv Bible? What about, no. what about improv Ibsen? <laughs> well, we did do, um, one of the things that uh, I did down here that I was super, super pumped to do is the Orlando Fringe Festival is the longest continuously running uh, fringe festival in the country, if you don't count 2020. Um, and I think it was probably about 2017, we did a show called Something Strange, which was an improvised Stranger Things. Ah. Um, and That's cool. Yeah, that, that was awesome to be part of. That's I actually, don't count 2016 to 2020, so it might the math might change a little bit too, for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, those were, those were some, those were, those are harsh. And it's, um, it's actually, well, so I told you earlier, I mentioned earlier that I was like, checking things out in Winchester. Uh, one of the reasons I'm checking things out in Winchester is we're actually actively trying to move back there. Um, wow. Yeah, we've we've grown tired of Florida. Um, then you'll well, have to come last... back when you retire, man. Yeah, well, see, if I come back there, then what I can do is I can start a shakes, an, improv- an improvisation and Shakespeare class, and maybe I'll figure out a way to teach that at, uh, at Shenandoah. Ooh. Well, and also what's going to happen is once the waters rise, you'll be mm-hmm. beachfront. No, once the waters <laughs> rise, I think Virginia is going to be the new Florida. <laughs> That's what I meant. Yeah. You'll be beachfront in, water, in uh, Winchester. Nice. Um, I don't want to get too much into like your wallet about things, but going from Florida to Winchester, is that going to be like a financial lateral a financial upper a financial downer um uh, well are things uh, expensive in florida uh things are comparatively cheaper um, um but there are other things like tax rates are, like they, there's no state income tax here but the state sales taxes are much higher um as far as like financially so at the beginning of the pandemic i had a job and um a couple of months into the pandemic, they said, all right, cool. Well, um, we've decided that you are all essential. So you're going to come back to work in the office. And I said, I will come back after there are vaccines uh, because at this point there weren't. And they said, well, then you're, no, you have to come back. And I was like, no, I don't. And they said, yes, you do. So I said, well, then that's my notice. Um, and so I've actually been, um, the other thing is I've been a, uh, a house husband for the past two years. Uh, and it's been wonderful. Um, yeah, uh, moving back, moving back to to, to the Winchester area, um, I'll probably have to get. I, I imagine I will have to get some sort of part time job. Um, but that's something that I've actually already been looking at doing down here. Uh, Too bad Pargos I, isn't still open. Yeah, well, Pargos isn't open. The Ruby Tuesdays has been demolished. Um, golden, was it Golden Corral? Golden Corral? Was it Golden Corral? No, that's, the one in the the mall. Ground round. Ground, ground round. round. Yeah. yeah. You always forget the ground round. I, I work there too. I don't remember. <laughs> you get the like the little popcorn things. Yeah. The, yeah. No, so I mean, I probably, I will have to get some sort of job, but um, 
you know, as far as like changing expenses or whatever, eh, maybe a little bit. Like we could certainly get something that was more expensive. We could easily find something that is less expensive. Well, of course. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Well, you'd be closer to here and we could get to see you. That would be fun. Yeah. Um, that was, that was a main, a big part of it. It was the, when we kind of moved down here, we were like, oh, everybody comes to Disney. We'll see people all the time. And what Never we been. learned, what we learned very quickly is that when people come down here on vacation, um, there, it's not really a vacation. It is a, it is a, it is a marathon that you are running as a sprint. Yeah. And I, there have been times where it's like, I've seen people, or like people are like, Hey, I'm coming down and coming down. I'm like, all right, cool. We'll meet up this night sometime after you're done with everything for the day. Um, we'll just come, we'll just come to your hotel when you're done. And then inevitably like, you know, by six o'clock in the afternoon, I get a tech, I'll get a text message. It's like, Hey, I, I hate to do this to you, but we're, we're just really exhausted. And I don't think we're going to be able to make it I'm like, no, no, we totally get it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think the, the only person I did see, um, uh, Q man, Kevin Cullinan. I did run I happened to run into him purely by accident at Epcot one night. Q man. Yeah. By accident? Yeah. I was just we were just walking and I was just walking and I was like, hey, that guy looks familiar. I know that hey, guy. Kevin. And he turned around and was like, my midget. He was like, holy shit. And that was it. Yeah. Oh man, wow. it was an hour, an hour and four minutes, and I finally got a shit in. That's well, great. If, if, you, <laughs> if you do move to Winchester, take Route 50, get on 17. We will take 66, and where 66 meets 17, there is a very cute winery. Okay. I think it's called Barf. No. <laughs> it's called Barrel Oak Winery. I knew it was something French. Bow for short, not Barf. Yeah, and as soon as as soon as I get out there, there's a place if you take uh, if you take seven in or or fifty, you take either one of them, get to down um right by the walking mall in old in downtown, there's a place called the 5050 Tap House. And I will oh. meet all of you there for, for many drinks and beers. 5050 Tap House, totally. Yeah, I can't believe that existed. Like I, when I when I saw that, I happened to be like stopping in. I was like, "Wow, this is this is exactly what I wanted there to be when I lived here when I was in school." Of course, there's everything there now. It's a different place altogether. Mm -hmm. um, all right, brother. Well, well, we're mindful of your time. I just want to ask one thing and wrap up. Is there anything that you've got hooked into as a house husband streaming on like any of the streaming platforms? Any shows that you Guiding Light, Young and the Restless? Yeah, you know, not that, but you know. <laughs> Um, uh, I did, I got really big into national theater at home and mm -hmm. was watching, uh, I would go and like watch their, the different Shakespeare, all like their Shakespeare adaptations and stuff like that. There is, um, a really, really cool. If, I don't know if you're, if anybody is Dr. Who fans, yeah. Uh, but they're they're They have an Antigone, which has Jodie Whittaker as Antigone and Christopher Eccleston. So it's got oh two doctors at the gosh. same, in the same play. And it, it was really Doctor. solid. Did you see uh, the Frankenstein from the National Theater? Uh, no, no. I did see, I saw the Cumberbatch, I saw the Cumberbatch Hamlet. Uh, and I just actually was just up in New York and I saw the um, Daniel Craig uh, in Macbeth. We, we saw both the Cumberbatch, Frankenstein, and then the other actor as well, because they flipped roles uh, between Doctor and Monster. Nice. Okay. And that was really interesting to see both of their different takes on both roles. 
Um, all right. What else? Anything else that you uh, enjoyed to um, stream? Um, you know, surprisingly enough, I got into baseball. <laughs> I've never been a, I've never been a sports guy. And then I got into watching baseball. I got St. Like Louis a, Cardinals, right? Um, Baltimore Orioles, <laughs> um, which, you know, like apparently they're like one of the, at least last year was one of the worst teams of all time. <laughs> so, Have you been to, is it Camden Yard? No, is it Camden? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Uh, actually headed up there. Um, about half of the people from the Shakespeare reading group are actually from Baltimore. So we met up, I went up there and met up with a bunch of them and then went to an Orioles game. Right. Yeah. Well, um, brother, uh, we are going to sign off here. I've got to figure out how to walk two pugs in the pouring rain, which they're not going to love at all. But um, it was great to catch up with you and keep us posted. Now that we're all Facebook friends again and everything. Um, I'll accept your friend request as soon as I'm And everyone else listening, it's not a hack except Matt's request. Um, But we'll catch up uh, soon and maybe see you in the area before too long. Yeah, Yeah, I I hope so. Yeah, it was great talking to to all three of you. It's great just catching up and and hearing your voices uh, was was awesome. So, uh, yeah, and um, I, I love this series, so keep it going as long as you can. We're, we're going to keep it going. We're going to take a break in October for some spooky stuff, but then be back at it in November. So, All right, cool. All right, well, thank you guys, and uh, it was wonderful talking to all of you guys. Uh, love all of you. Hope you're doing well and cannot wait to, to catch up with you in person. Absolutely, my friend. All, all right, right. Have a good night. All right, you too. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for talking with us, Matt Midget. It's great to catch up with you. So many stories! And so interesting. Uh, your perhaps move back to Winchester. That's going to be full circle there, bud. Um, we had a great time. <laughs> and we'll meet you at Barf. We'll meet you at Barf, right. The new winery, Barf. Barf, my God. Hey, that's um, going to catch. That's kind of a good idea. If you want to learn more about us and not about barf, please visit www.connorsmithmusicals.com. That's Connor with an ER. You can also find us on social media under Connor and Smith, again with an ER, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. Uh, please rate, review, subscribe to this podcast. really helps us out a lot. Share it where you share things. Post it where you post things. Add to the Discord discussion. Uh, you can find the link in the description. You can also add to the late 90s Spotify playlist. Um... Thank you so much. And if you are still listening to this. Oh, my gosh. We have a new Patreon. Oh, yeah. We have a new Patreon that we haven't talked about yet, so we're not talking about it. But if you would like to look it up on the website Patreon, which is French for friends. (laughs) So if you want to be our French friend, a Patreon. Um, type in, go to patreon.com and type in Connor and Smith in the search bar and you can look up and see what our Patreon is. And if you want to help us out there, you can, or you can get back to us and say, wow, that's really dumb. Yeah. Anyway. That was the best launch you could have done. (laughs) No, but check it out. We will, we will put it, we will start giving the link out soon but we ha- we are not doing that quite yet but you can check it out on patreon.com yeah we haven't made like a fun launch video yet um but we will all right well thanks so much another great week of shows we'll be back with more next week uh bye bye, bye.